Hello and welcome to the Year We Started a Podcast. It's a podcast born Phoenix-like from the ashes of last year's podcast. I am your co-host, Jeff. And I am your other co-host, Nick. And this is definitely the first time that we've taken a shot at this. Uh, and <laughs> this is a podcast where we are a couple of friends that are half a continent apart that would like to come together and talk about some of the things that are fun and interesting to us. Nick, and I... Kick back. We also and, kick back. It's and very kick important. back. That is very important <laughs> for at least the next eight months. <laughs> That's my kickback sound, in case you were wondering. Watch out. Um, so, Nick, I'm not sure how much thought you've given this but this is the this this is the half year point we've been doing this for half a year dude craziness madness and i'm very sorry for anybody who has listened all along the way but what my audio quality was so bad i am so sorry (laughs) it was and you know what nick even my audio quality was quite poor uh, but we do have some people, at least uh, t- to my face, they've told me that they've listened to the entire thing. Uh, Nick, I-, I Googled some things about what to expect expect from a six-month-old thing. Okay. Um, so the first thing was responds to other people's emotions and often seems happy. Disagree. I okay. Disagree on both counts for myself. I do not qualify for either of those. Continue. Likes to look at self in a mirror. <laughs> no, definitely disagree. Strong disagree. I can't even hold together for that one. I, I hadn't read that one yet. Scary. Uh, <laughs> the mirror is scary. Uh, strings vows together when babbling. <laughs> and likes to turn with parent. Whoa, oh, well, I'm kind of. When battling. I thought I, you said battling, but babbling. you said babbling. babbling. That makes more sense. I do string vowels together while babbling. I do babble often. Okay. I, I do. I, we got one. Um, Response to own name. I feel like you do pretty good. Who? <laughs> I feel like, I feel like, Nick, <laughs> of all the things, I feel like you, you might be doing okay on this. <clears throat> makes, Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> okay. Good makes, makes sounds uh, to show joy and displeasure. <laughs> uh, very true. Grumble. And begins to say consonant sounds, jabbering with mm and boo. Nick, how how do you feel you've been doing with that? Hmm. 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 Um, bah. Bah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, I'm reading through some of these. I'm not sure how far down we this can't, metaphor can't I can far, go. But I, I do like it. I do like it. I think, we, I think we mostly qualify. I do not think that I respond to others' emotions. I apologize on that front. It's just not... Look, I've had a different. I've had a very unique developmental path here. Nick, my actual first topic is uh, a thing that we have kind of talked about in the sense that we've talked about music sort of things before. But okay. I have a very strong opinion about this in particular, and I'm curious to get your thoughts and maybe if you have other examples of this that are um, either in addition to or contrary to the thing that I'm about to say. I think that the bulls uh intro song like the, the the thing that the bulls play when they are doing their announce like announcer voice these are the people that are coming onto the floor i think it is the best that is the best theme song i've ever heard and i i Wait, what do they what do they play how do i not know this Oh my! Oh, I'm like okay. So this is the part where I will be playing this during this, uh, like during the podcast because you you do you do need to Google this. I just Google Bulls theme song. Um, 
Is, I, it the, is it the Come On and Jam or whatever? I don't just play this stupid thing and you tell me. Uh, but if you if you put... Oh, yes I do. Oh, oh, fully agree, by the way. This is a vibe. <laughs> this is a vibe. I want this when I walk in a room someplace. I wish I had this kind of gravitas. This is great. Okay. Excuse my language. No, it, that I'm I'm happy to make that bleep. I think this is the coolest freaking intro to anybody entering a room or entering into a gym or whatever ever. I I there's so many things like there's so many songs that I enjoy personally that I find like would be motivating to me, but this to me there's nothing else that you could play that would give me instant chills if I were to ever be walking into a room or walking or watching somebody else walk into a gym or whatever. Like this this to me is the pinnacle can you just, of like the things that I love about can sports. Can you just picture them saying and uh, at 66 from U- University of North Carolina Michael Jordan and just like the freaking chills you would have? <laughs> so, okay, so I actually looked this up and this is not our main topic so I'm not I didn't spend a ton of time actually looking into it, but the reason why we have this was the guy that was the Bulls announcer had been uh, introducing the Bulls lineup uh, based on kind of like uh, popular uh, songs of the day. I think there was like a thriller era of for the Bulls and stuff like that from okay. Michael Jackson. Nothing, in my opinion, both for the Bulls and in general, compares to how stinking good their intro ha- is and continues to be. I love it yeah. so, so hard. And I wanted to get first your opinion, and two, is there something else like this uh, that you can you can pin as something that has such a? Because uh, to me, this is transcendent across the sport. Like you don't have it, to it, care it, about no, NBA totally to enjoy how ridiculously good this is. Um, on the the same subject, Mariano Rivera used to come in. I, Mariano Rivera, I think, is the, the right person. Used to come in to um, enter Sandman. Which is not like a great song, or like I don't know. I I don't really love um, Metallica. Like, yeah, it's Metallica, but, right? Yeah, yeah. But like, it's a vibe. It's kind of like aggressive in your face. That like, oh, the closer that no one can ever beat is coming in, <laughs> and here's your like think your like aggressive metal song telling you that the Sandman is coming to to put you to sleep forever, just like he's going to do. And it's a it's a vibe. It's definitely a vibe. But that was specific to him. Whereas, yep. like the Bulls theme song has like transcended the Jordan era. Yeah, like I, I, right, right. I you know I don't I don't have anything else that's nearly as universal or like long lasting. No, I don't have any good examples. So, are you a are you a thumbs up on potentially? Obviously, I haven't given you any time to think about this, but potentially one of the best, if not the best, like team oh, specific yeah. intro songs ever. Or yeah. And I, I will say I do love that. Like I just I, I love music as a, like a, a setting uh, to set a tone for all kinds of things. Like I mean, intro music for shows and stuff. I know like I I'll skip it half the time, but like when you get a really good song that like really fits a show, it's really cool too. Um, and it doesn't just have to be shows; it can be a million things. Um, but I do think this is the most like this one has a great great energy to it that is like very appropriate for what they're trying to do and it, yeah yeah i i think this is the best one I, I i can think of offhand for sure it is also very interesting like how anchored it is for me because i 
uh, which I can't remember how many times we talked about this, but like, um, I have anchored in my memory the I think it was 1996 or something around there, maybe is somewhere between 96 and 98, where uh, the Bulls series against the Jazz uh, that I watched in my grandparents' basement uh, when we were doing I don't know something uh, over the summer, and I remember this song getting played. Uh, while they were doing the intros and that has stuck with me for the past like almost like at this point almost 25 years right i that is so stinking cool um i i love it that's exactly what i mean though i i you're totally right it's and uh as soon as i heard it i knew what it was i just i like couldn't place it offhand and you're you're totally right it's it's so good jeff it's so good all right Back to the actual topics of the podcast, Nick. I want you to talk to me about our next topic uh, that uh, is is probably one of the longest words uh, of our topic list so far. Bioluminescence. Right, so, bioluminescence. I, yeah. Uh, some of our listeners may already know about it. I'm not going to ramble on it too long. I don't care about the science of it. Jeff, I want you to look. I, I know this is not a great podcast topic. I want you to look at the link, that, the two links that I just sent you in Discord. Okay, I'm checking it out right now. So for our listeners at home, I'm currently watching we gotta these. We got to put these in in, uh, in the show notes. Yeah, I will. I will find a way to link to these things. I don't really understand what's happening. Like, so is this something that has been sprayed on this dog no. and this human? No. So this is a, a phenomenon. So uh, for our listeners at home, bioluminescence is a thing where uh, I believe it's plankton. Uh, migrate around in the ocean, and sometimes they get close enough to the shore, and like some some. Like some specific sequences of events happen is kind of rare and it's always very short lived where basically the water will light up and it like very neon lights and it is a natural occurrence. Uh, And sometimes it will only occur around things that are like disturbing the surface. So like the video that I showed you is like a dog paddling through uh through the water and there's like yeah. blue light around him and it's so cool it looks like it's out of a rave or something um it's uh, super bright and neon and he's loving it the dog is loving it um and the reason i say is and you can also have it where it's just bright and it's on its own it doesn't need like impact from uh it doesn't need the surface to be disturbed for it to show if you look at the picture i sent you in discord you'll see a really really crazy example of it but have you witnessed this in real life? Yes, it was here last year, and I didn't expect it to be back two years in a row. And Jed and I are going to go look for for this tonight, and I am super hyped because it's so freaking cool and surreal and really interesting and random. And I do not understand the science of it at all. I tried to understand the science of it, but if you go into lights, Jeff, lights are complicated. That's not, <laughs> not my area of expertise. So, Man, I'm watching these things. This is so cool. I'm so jealous. Right? There's uh there's not a lot of this in uh in central United States here in Kansas land. I'll I'll let you know. I'm I'm sorry I, to hear that, Jeff. But, you know, maybe that's just the reason I need to head out to the coast. Yeah, come hang out. <clears throat> uh just predict when it's going to be here or 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 just do it really impromptu. Like I tell you about it one night and then you're like, "Okay, well, I guess it's time to pack up." <laughs> that, <laughs> come out. That here. does seem plausible. Uh, om- yeah. almost as possible of you making noises with things that I think you shouldn't make noises with. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I uh, So, Nick, I would like to talk to you, before we go into our main topic this week, um, 
I have expressed my enjoyment over all things, um, you know, Mars related or space related. And I haven't given any updates on some of these things, even though there's been some pretty (laughs) major updates. Um, before I get into that, like, have you, are you up to date on all of the, the Mars type stuff or I can I break the stories to you or where, where are we at? Break them to me, but I do know about there being a helicopter flown on Mars for the first time. Yeah. So, okay. First off, uh, it was kind of a big deal because we did like a little test spin of the, uh, the rotors on the Mars, uh, drone and called Ingenuity. I am doubting myself now, but I'm 99% sure that's right. Um, but it, the, the Ingenuity drone had some things that were not super expected and caused them to call off uh, the first flight on a another planet. But since then, they uh, – and I have this in my show notes. Like I had all these details about how like it wasn't – necessarily something they were expecting to be a big deal but something that they wanted to get corrected before they fly off and uh but i had a note in my uh show notes that there was a pretty good chance that this is going to have some updates before we actually recorded well nicholas uh a couple days ago it got the updates well uh, over the past week they've gotten some updates and everything looked good and we have since had a successful flight on another planet for the first time ever. And that That's is insane. freaking baller as heck. <laughs> and I'm so, I, I'm so happy to see it. I like the first, uh, video that came out was like very choppy and, uh, you know, you can only have so many frames per second come back when you're talking about something that's going to take eight minutes to get here. Uh, but since then, even there's been even more high quality videos, the benefit of, Oh, I missed that. So that's the, I saw like very grainy still images and very, uh, choppy clips. Like I saw like some literal gifs posted like as a, yeah, there's, there's a better version of it, uh, where you can see it like kicking up dust and, uh, like it, it it was doing its thing and it is so, so stinking cool to see that that is, Oh my God. That is a thing that is uh, possible even. And then, a thing that has gotten much less publicity is the the Moxie mission, which is the attempt to figure out how to do uh, oxygen on Mars. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware, Nick, but the atmosphere on Mars is not exactly super, not super, super susceptible for or super, super supportive of human life. Uh, we we here require. Things like oxygen that we breathe in, and uh, and also there turns out our atmosphere is quite helpful to our day to day. Huh. Okay. Okay. I'll take your word for it that we need this oxygen stuff you speak of. Uh, yeah. So, uh, like jokes aside, an important part of any any uh, mission that results in humans on Mars is that we are able to uh, turn. Uh, carbon dioxide or other sources into uh, oxygen that is either one breathable that's a big one uh, like that's super important i guess uh, but two <laughs> perhaps more or equally as important uh into rocket fuel uh via the form of oxygen where like uh turns out nick m- the ability to return to earth 
would be quite uh, easier if we were able to create the fuel for such a thing on the planet that we're landing on. Uh, because I could see. if not, you have to carry that with you. And land said yeah. explosive uh, fuel on the surface and have that go well. So doesn't sound ideal. Not, not <laughs> ideal on multiple levels. Uh, but we successfully converted uh, Mars stuff into oxygen, which is like a huge, huge deal. That's, uh, that's which a big I don't deal. feel that's like awesome. I don't feel like a lot of people heard about this one. Like I feel like the 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 Mars drone got a lot of attention. I feel like landing our mars rover obviously got a lot of attention i yeah i i can tell you that i did not hear any of this so which is is, you know like kind of surprising yeah yeah so getting being able to extract oxygen in a test setting is super big for our ability to do future human involved exploration uh of the good old red planet and i am very happy to hear that it has gone well and I'm very excited to see what next uh, experiments and next steps for that sort of stuff uh, looks like. Uh, alongside the fact that we had a successful test flight of a drone, I mean, it's been a very, it's been a very, very cool week. I am ready. Are you ready? We're gonna dive into our yep. last topic of the day. Yes. Okay. So Jeff, you have siblings. I. Do you want to tell our? I I do. How, do you want to tell our listeners how many siblings you have? I know the answer. I have two siblings, as far as I'm aware. I have one brother mm-hmm. and one sister. And you're the oldest. I am the old one, yeah. Do you feel like, so for our listeners, I am the third of four. All of my siblings are uh, sisters. Um, but uh, do you feel like you can attribute things about their personality to their birth order? A- and yours. And yours for that same, that same, on that same note. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my, my wife likes to tell me I'm just being a middle child all the time. <laughs> um, so my uh, and to to the that point, my wife like insisted that I do this topic because okay. she's like always telling me jokes about like uh oh you're such a middle child and oh that's such a uh, like you're my one sister should be like ah oh, it's such a such an older uh, older sibling thing to do. She is a an only child and she is like you got to do some research on this. You got to talk about this with Jeff. I'm sure he'll get a kick out of it and yada yada. Um, so. What what do you what do you think that you can attribute to like being the oldest for you and like that you can see in your in your siblings? I mean, to be quite honest, I feel like as the oldest child, I was held accountable to a standard in which none of my other siblings were held accountable to. Like probably fair. I <laughs> I feel like I got so so much crap for things that my younger <laughs> siblings uh, had literally as second you know as passing considerations um compared to things that i like got grounded from or was told that i needed to do (laughs) significantly better so you and your freaking middle sibling self can go screw yourself (laughs) yeah like it like it really does feel that way though like as as the oldest child i i do legitimately feel like i was held to such a higher standard than anybody else and maybe i'm crazy maybe i'm wrong but I, I feel like that's a natural human thing because I feel the same way, at, like, even with my only you – know, I have two kids. Um, I feel like I hold my older son uh, to – like, I care so much more about the details of what he's doing compared to my daughter who's younger. 
Uh, which maybe there's other things that play into that, but like I kind of want to just like let her do whatever the frick, like whatever she wants to do is fine. <laughs> like that's fine. It's probably good for her. It's probably whatever you do, whatever you do, honey, it's fine. <laughs> um, so my uh my best um analogy. <laughs> Sorry, I have to tell you a story with this now. I'm, this is not related to the, the, that I didn't think about, but um, so on your topic of like your parents just kind of being over it or whatever, you know, like not holding your your youngest to account. My sister and I, my my youngest sister and I, are significantly younger than my two older sisters. And um, when I was uh, nineteen and came back from college for the first uh, my first summer after college, I came home. And my sister had turned had gone vegan. In that time, and um, the reason I say is I went grocery shopping for myself, and then I went and hang out, hung out with my friends. And my sister at the time is a minor, living with her, my parents, right? And I come home, and my groceries had been thrown away, like just thrown away. And I was mm. like furious, and like whatever. And I went and talked to my dad about it, and he literally shrugged, and he's like, I don't know, what do you want from me? He literally said, What do you want from me? I'm like that's not how it worked for me. Oh my gosh! And I got—I'm still the third, you know. <laughs> and he's—we've he, joked about this since that, like, you know, at a certain point, he's just like, you know, I. What am I gonna do? Like, I can't. I can't just. <laughs> oh my god! So I don't know that that's one to one exactly the same thing, but I don't think that it would have flied flown if I had thrown out any of my family's things. I don't think it would have flown for anybody else. <laughs> oh man and, okay uh, so which 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 sister was this i was my youngest sister okay yeah okay yep that yeah uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. see that's what i'm saying okay so <laughs> i'm so sorry it, it, <laughs> like, it really does feel like like obviously i didn't have that exact experience but no, the no. the willingness to be like well, that's just how it is. <laughs> like, I don't know what I can do. I've learned my lesson. I can't. I can't. I can only rate it in to some degree. Like some degree is like four exactly. percent. So. <laughs> and so, um, and dude, I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that I, I was still on the receiving end of more of that <laughs> that leniency than, than my other sisters. So you know. Um, but no, dude, I th- I think you're totally right. Uh, that there's some of this. I I see I see stuff like that all the time. I feel that stuff uh, anecdotally. Uh, but so it's this is the, the I told you before that this uh this topic may not have as much legs as I thought because I fully went into this expecting to hear like a ton of nuanced little stuff, and there's a lot of old research that says. Um, kind of things like what you like the, the 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 kind of logical next step of what you're saying here, in that um, older siblings were meant to be or originally believed or had been believed for a very long time for like a hundred plus years of uh, psycho uh, psychology research to be kind of um, more natural leaders, uh, more uh, subject to rules, and a little bit more conservative in terms of like social structure and like wanting to follow rules and f- follow s- like social norms and stuff like that. Um, probably because of, you know, like kind of getting the more, the more direct brunt and the more direct, uh, cast from their parents and that younger p- siblings were more likely to, uh, kind of want to be finding ways to, to get attention. And so they might be considered more risk takers or they might rebel more or be more likely to be involved in like kind of, uh, 
reformist like there's a big thing that like they're like oh yeah the french revolution was like very much done by a bunch of younger siblings and stuff and that it seems to not have actually been the case uh but the reason i say is that like all of the modern uh, the modern research seems to bear out that there's not really any personality changes and like by all kinds of different metrics that that there's not really any personality differences that we can empirically find um between different siblings or a different uh, birth order for siblings, but they all seem to also say that this is uh, a this is might be anecdotal and it, that birth order does seem to, to play a big part in people's self identity of of their own personality, and it may just be that you know households are different, more different than we think they are, and so you know that may bear out differently. Because, like, you and I might think of, like, oh, our parents got gradually less strict or whatever, but that may not be true for everybody. Um, I just thought it was interesting, and I think it's really interesting that there's, that like, there's, there's uh, still to d- today, like, parenting books written on these, like, old-school psycho- psychological, uh, like, concepts that were put, like, kind of pushed or uh, brought into the zeitgeist in, like, the 19, like, the early 1900s and even late 1800s. Yeah. And, like... I still feel like I knew these these kind of like pseudoscience mythy feelings of like, hey, older siblings are like leaders and they're like kind of rule followers and they like, you know, do what they're, they're closer to the parents and whatever. And uh, doesn't seem to really bear out, which is kind of weird and kind of against what I would have expected. I, I, I am so like, it is very interesting because... There are parts of the stereotype that um, I think don't hold up uh, to my general experience, but there are definitely parts that do, both from a standpoint of my own experience with my own siblings, but then also like raising my own kids is like, yep, man, you really like, uh, like using recent examples, like we've been more intentional about letting like, as it started to warm up around here and our, you know, we've spent the past year where our kids have not done a lot of things outdoors. Well, I shouldn't say that our kids have not done a lot of things with other kids and haven't been, um, as involved as I would like them to be with their peers. Right. Um, <clears throat> What that has weird year and all, yeah, a little bit weird, but I really, really feel like, like my goodness, the things that we've done for my younger child have been considerably more uh, impactful than the things we've done for my older child. And what I mean by that is, like we've like gone out of our way to get them both involved with stuff where it's appropriate, but we have at home been way more like intentional about like okay we have an outdoor space we have uh the opportunity for the kids to go outside with this sort of thing like we just have to let them go outside and hurt themselves and do whatever it is that is required on like (laughs) they they need to be in an environment where they can just go outside and do whatever the heck like they they need to do that and we were so protective over our oldest Whereas now it's like, I don't know, like we've been through the ringer. Like I talked about that on this podcast where like on my (laughs) oldest, I had to take him to the hospital at the beginning of the pandemic to get his forehead stitched together. Like it's probably not going to be any worse than that. So we should really like make sure that we're letting 
despite all the circumstances, we should be enabling and promoting our kids to go outside and burn some energy and do whatever it is, <laughs> hurt themselves in whatever way that that is that they need to hurt themselves so that they can, you know, be better kids. And I do, I do see the value in that because like our daughter is more well adjusted in that way than our son is, which is like hard because, you know, the, like you want all your kids to have the same sort of opportunities and they're, yep. but they're raised in different environments and different times and no more is that true than it is today. Um, but there's no way, there's no way to get every, even if you could like, you know, try to, to log your, your parenting so you could try to like replicate it perfectly. There's (laughs) no way, there's nothing you could do to make their experiences identical. Right. And they're just, they're unique people. And, uh, you don't really realize the extent to which that is true until you're (laughs) like, you, you like, you reflect back on it and you're like, man, we, you know, my wife and I were the same people that raised both these two kids. We do have a little bit more experience on the second one. There's clearly things that we have done better on the first one that we did on the second and probably a little bit more on uh, that we did better on the second than we did on the first. But at the end of the day, we're the same person, like raising the same kid, but they are so stinking different. And like, there's no there is no like single answer to like, what is the right way to (laughs) proceed? Uh, and I imagine that is only magnified by having, you know, three or four kids of like, man, they all, they all go through this life differently. And it like requires an amount of understanding of what that means for them at the individual level. That is really, really hard to understand and like act act upon. Like, it's easy to say and like easy to talk about and uh, under like to to get why that's the case, but to actually effectively act on it is super difficult. I don't know. So you, it, I know you say that, and I'm sure that it is, and I'm sure that in the moment, especially, and as I'm saying this as a, an outsider, that it um it probably is easier than it sounds, even as I'm uh, hearing you say that it's hard. But uh, one of the as you say that. One of the things that I read was one of the more comprehensive studies on birth order uh, pers- uh, effect on personality was saying that one of the reasons they don't believe that this pans out is that um, we have stereotypes for how we think of parenting differently, but that parents actually seem to have been very good about intuitively changing their parenting to the need, the specific needs of their individual children. And I know that we all like to think of everybody else in the world as sometimes as like, you know, not capable of stuff, but that's really freaking cool that like our instincts just like kick in and like, oh, my second child is more sensitive. And so I got to be a little bit more sensitive and like more respectful of this. And the third one needs you know, more, more freedom and more space to roam and stuff. And I bet you that your, uh, you know, your, your, your willingness to have more freedom for your second, your second child is probably going to affect how she grows up. And then also like, will you know, positively affect even your oldest child and it's positively affect you guys as parents for both of them. So like, it's a very interesting, uh, loop and like feedback to me that, that, that you know, like, you could change, and so it'll change how your kids are. And then when your kids need different parenting styles, you'll adjust to that and be more ready to adapt to that. And that can positively affect both of them. Uh, yeah, oh, it's, it's man, very interesting. That is so, like, it is so true, what, like what you just read, because, um, and this is getting into the details, probably more than what people would no, care to care about. But, like, how we did, uh, like, 
potty training that sounds weird like how we did toilet training <laughs> stuff with our uh, son will greatly inform how we do it with our daughter and right. uh and that it's not that we did a terrible job or that we like completely missed the mark but we now realize sort of signs that are things that we should have done differently and will greatly make that an easier process going forward with our daughter but like there would have like we it's it's really weird because you're like it's like you've been trained like inherently by the prior one to do like there's certain there's just there's certain things that having the experience and having gone through it before and like once you have the context of how to do a particular task well when it comes to raising a kid like you are just inherently going to be able to identify like what are going to be you know points that are going to be pain points or what are things that you could do differently the next time around like humans are really really good at uh just in uh, in in intuiting in, intuitioning <laughs> i don't know what the right word is like we're really it, good at like figuring out just with our intuition what the what the things are that need to happen differently when raising a kid but it's not an easy thing to articulate and it's not an easy thing to teach before you have gone through the experience i don't know totally. it's a weird it's a very weird thing but it's a very true thing like you're all the statements that you've said to this point is like like 100% i agree they all they all add up i'm glad like, to hear like That's 100% cool. adds up yeah that's also interesting because, you know, uh, oftentimes broad general science uh, doesn't apply to, like, the individual situation. So it's cool that it applies to, to you guys well. Um, I, I'll uh, stop, I'll weave it with this, too. Uh, I think it's really interesting. There's a, a, there is, seems to be a small correlation that there's not as much studies for that the oldest children uh, have, are more likely to go on to higher education and are more likely to have... Uh, to or like they, they there are some things about iq but the iq one seemed really dubious to me like they seemed like they were just from like one like accumulation of stuff and not from a study and stuff but there is there does seem to be a, a, or a consensus that uh like there's a small correlation between being the oldest child not just the only child but it's the oldest child and uh and uh higher education and especially like really good higher education like ivy league acceptance rates and stuff like that um and I wonder if like you if the the oldest child gets like a benefit from getting just like sole attention, but then the youngest children still get a benefit from having like even though they don't may not have the same amount of like sole attention, that they may also just get a benefit from like a parent that's more refined, like you know, you being more lenient on your kids or whatever and having a little bit more stuff to like know like how to potty train them well and stuff like that, just will like positively affect them. Um and the, the the difference is not anything crazy, so I'm pretty sure that Alice will still be okay. But <laughs> um, but yeah, like, it's it's very interesting, man. It's all it's it's all very interesting. I think, um, and this is a perspective that I'll share from my specific experience uh, as a person in the Midwest. I will I would say that it is true that from an academic perspective that the oldest child has an advantage um, being that they are held to a higher standard just kind of by default. But totally. I do feel like um, subsequent ch children have the advantage from an emotional intelligence standpoint of like having, having parents that are more understanding of what all right. is going on. 
and not going through things for the first time because it's weird. Like that, I mean, I can, I can only imagine that people that have gone through it uh, will understand, but like it is a very, very weird understanding just all the weird stuff from at my, in my case, a flipping four year old, like just all the weird stuff, (laughs) like the dynamics across other four year olds. I can. I'm gonna go ahead and predict and go on record to say that that gets more difficult as time goes on. Um, you think you think uh, the teenage stuff is gonna be more complicated? <laughs> yeah. You think it, it, there's a chance, but I, <laughs> okay. I I just I don't really know how to navigate that. What I do know how to navigate is how to do uh, multiplication and addition and that's sort of like the the go. more concrete <laughs> side of things as a as as a first child. So I, like I think that goes well, but I, I it just. It's just different dynamics with different, um, different. Honestly, it's probably like I I would predict that it is quite regional and uh, like just the. There's lots of factors to it. That was some of the hypotheses around um, around uh, why high, uh, firstborns would have higher uh, higher education rates um, in that they might be the only ones that the parents had money for and the parents had saved for like one child to go to higher education or that the oldest child would get a better education because the older child might inherit a family uh, business. So they parents wanted them to be more prepared for it. Um, so that was just like some small hypothesis that they're like, hey, we haven't done research. So we don't know this for sure. And, and at least the articles that I read. Um, so like, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, that seems like really regional, right? Like if you lived in a, if you lived in a certain area, it might not uh, matter at all. Those things may not be factors at all. And then if you live in others, it may be like the exact factor that determines that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I actually, I mean, for a person that lives in Kansas, I actually disagree pretty hardly with both of those uh, ideas. I, I would say it is for us here in the good old Midwest, uh, almost exclusively, expectation based yeah uh because i i i mean at least in my experience and the experience of people that i'm around the expectation of the oldest child is to do the i mean that that's the that's the first kid that's going out in the world and doing the dreams of the parents. Right. And right. so the expectation is that they do great and fantastic things. So I, at least, at least for us at least here in flyover country, I feel like that, that no, that's no, no. the driver. I, I, I'm, I'm completely uh, with you that when you say that you think it might be somewhat regional because those explanations, like, I don't know anyone who's got a family business that they're going to inherit because we live in California where everybody's in <laughs> yeah. tech or service industry. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like we don't have people who, you know, or we, you know, we don't have many people relative to the giant population that are running a mom and pop shop. Right. So yeah, that's, that's, that's what I was uh, getting at is that, you know, some of those explanations might be regional and some of them like yours might be other thi- uh, or, you know, your explanation still might be re- regional, just a different explanation. Right. Um, yeah. All right, Nick, I think we should probably start to wrap this bad boy up. Um, We have spent the time prior to this episode recording our Patreon-only episode. So if you are interested, uh, you can definitely check us out, patreon.com forward slash Tywasap. You can also check us out uh, at Tywasap on any of the things, uh, any of the places that uh, social media has uh, 
things that you can search for people except for nick we are not on not not the one what is it the snapchat we don't do it not on that snapchat um anyways yeah we we super appreciate our uh our uh supporters on patreon and we of course uh appreciate everybody that listens to the show i hope you enjoyed our episode this week uh nick uh thank you so much for potting with me you're welcome, man. This has been the year we started the podcast. Thank you for listening. <laughs>